return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. All right, let's stand just for a minute with our Bibles. Say it with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were created to be a temple of praise. Created to be a temple of praise. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to the book of Matthew. And I welcome anybody to join us online today for this service. You can always share it, broadcast it to your friends. It goes through to many nations, Southeast Asia, to Africa, Europe. Uh, we just bless you in the name of Jesus and glad that you can tune in. This is the Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota, in case you got there by accident. And I uh, just want you to know how much Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. And he's as close as the mention of his name. If you don't know him or maybe you're even part of another religion, I tell you what, he loves you. And all you need to do, you don't have to shout it, just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. And he will reveal himself to you. Amen. Amen. And you can trust him as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. So this is Palm Sunday, uh, 2022. Palm Sunday, a time that, of course, uh, we're at a time, of course, the, the religious world is finishing Lent. Uh, sometimes people say, do you have services now in Lent? I said, uh, yes, we do. We have services every Wednesday, <laughs> all year long. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, you know, the religious stuff, you know, of celebrating the Lord. Uh, incidentally, always remember, as we've taught here, that uh, people celebrate Good Friday when Christ died. Always remember, it actually wasn't a Friday, because it's not three days, so you've got to do the math. It was a special Sabbath. Hello? What was the special Sabbath? It was Passover. And so Jesus, more likely, was crucified on a Thursday, all right? So you have allowed three days for the resurrection to happen. The religious were all, it's Good Friday, Jesus was crucified. You know, no, no, he wasn't, sorry. If you just read your Bible again, very clear as you read, find it in the Gospels, it was a special Sabbath. So what happened was Sabbath, Sabbath, back to back. It Passover Sabbath, and then you had your normal Sabbath on the Saturday and so forth, all right? So, so understanding Scripture, just right, you read it right in the Bible, <laughs> then you can understand uh, they get the three days. And why is that important, by the way? Why is that important? Why is that important to do the math? You know why? Because I will talk to Hindus and Muslims who are good at math and say, you, you guys don't even know math. Say he was crucified on Friday three days, not three days. Your Bible's wrong. 
Your Bible's wrong. Your religion is wrong. So you have to know things. If you're going to talk to people out there in the world, you do need to know things so that it's accurate. Hello. (laughs) All right. Because the world's pretty smart. Religions are pretty smart. The devil's pretty smart. And he'll call people on it. I have been called on it. I have been called on it. That's why you really need to know where answers are. So the, the Passover was a special Sabbath. It happened once a year. So when people look at the, read the crucifixion of Christ, it was Sabbath day. It was a Saturday. No, it wasn't a Saturday. It's a special Sabbath. And there are different times when you have a special Sabbath in Jewish holidays, and that is one. So then you can understand how it fits together. Amen? So Jesus is going into Jerusalem. We call it Palm Sunday. Now, in, in the religious world, it's a pageantry, you know, and kids have palms and so forth, and they kind of, it's all organized and so forth. This was anything but that. It was not, it was not like a, a planned thing. Jesus going in Jerusalem, it was, he wasn't riding on a fancy horse. He didn't have regal soldiers around him or anything like that. There wasn't trumpets blasting in front of him. He's riding on a donkey. He's coming in very humble, all right, into Jerusalem and so forth. And uh, uh, he, yet he was a king then and now and so forth. So, so his disciples prepared for the Last Supper, for the Sabbath. Last Supper is a recognition of the Sabbath day, the Passover. Christ is our Passover. Amen. Amen. Paid the price with his blood for us so that we might be forgiven and free. And so very significant. All right. So, so Jesus is sitting on just a donkey. And a great multitude, they spread their clothes, they cut down branches, palm trees and so forth. And they spread them on the road as Jesus is coming by. So this is kind of this spontaneous parade. What I like about things in the Bible, you know, you didn't have social media. You just had word of mouth. So you don't have phones, you don't have social media. It just goes, person to person, person, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And so this is, boom, happens at the last minute, Right? So didn't, didn't have a flyer. He's coming. Jesus, next next uh, Thursday, he's coming into town. Or next Wednesday, no, didn't have that. So so the next verses say then that that the multitude goes before Jesus. They begin crying. It wasn't so. This was not orchestrated. They just be spontaneously being crying. Jesus, uh, son of David, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And he came into Jerusalem, and all the city is moved, saying, "Who is this?" Isn't it interesting that, you know, he'd been there already three years, but yet, yet you know, the, the establishment of the world was trying to ignore him. Let's, let's not give him any page in the, in any print in the Jerusalem Post. Let's not talk about him. Let's ignore him. And now they're saying, who is this? And they say, this is Jesus, the prophet from Galilee. So, so you can imagine this scene as you got men and women, children, and they're shouting, they're shouting Jesus' name, they're shouting Hosanna, they're very excited, it's emotional, it's loud, it's enthusiastic, everything about it is non-traditional, and that's why the Pharisees and the religious people hated him. (laughs) Because they had stuff all non-emotional, no enthusiasm, no noise, all, let's quiet it down. I grew up in a church like this, you know? And in church where I grew up, you know, as a kid, you know, it was all mm, sober. No, nothing, you know. In fact, if I just turned around, my dad would always whop my thigh, you know. 
you know, like you sat still like a little soldier. And the happiest part of the service, it could be Easter, the happiest part of the service is when everybody got out. You know, people lit up a cigarette, went out to get something, a beer or something, go watch a game. And that was the happiest. They were excited to get out. So many times people say, you know, we love to worship. Now, I, I believe in enthusiastic worship. Why? Because that's the Bible. If we have a living Savior, a living God, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, you ought to be enthusiastic about him. Bump your neighbor. Bump your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> now, why, why is this important again? Because all of the world constantly is trying to throw cold water on us. Be quiet. Be still. Don't make any noise. Blend in with the crowd. Conform, conform. Where the Bible's always telling us to be, to be conformed to his image, to be like Jesus. And consequently, we should act like the Bible acts and be excited about who our king is. So when I get things, of course, it always comes up where we live in the upper Midwest and so forth. People, which is predominantly Lutheran Catholic country and so forth, that people, you know, we don't, we don't do that, Reverend. We don't act that way here. And I always bring up the fact that, of course, we have a university in our town and that people get very excited. You know, when they just finished the, the WNIT championship, there was nobody who that left Frost Arena like, I'm never coming back there again. That was too loud. I'm never coming back. In my entire life of athletics, and I've been to countless games and witnessed countless events on TV, I have never heard anybody say they're not coming back because of the noise. I've never heard anybody say they're not coming back because it was too emotional. Never. People plan for those things. The Lutherans and Catholics, they're as loud as anybody. When I got saved, when I got saved and I went to my denominational church, and, and I, so now I'm saved and I'm excited about Jesus. And so I'm in my church, denominational church, and then I'm looking around and I'm wondering, I want to praise the Lord. And so I just, it could be a hymn. I just want to sing it and shout it. And then all those same people that were just in the game on Saturday that I had been at are sitting there. Have be a lip reader. My dad could be as loud as anybody in an event. He was an athletic director, coach for many years as well. But if you were on Sunday, you'd have to look at him and say, well, uh, Bob, let's see what they're saying. I can't tell. Because they had no voice. Silent, silent. As I don't know whoever came over the church mouse, but their mouse, mice are pretty silent, aren't they? And so, so you, think, you see these things. And people celebrate these things, and I love to celebrate them, but I want to celebrate them in truth, amen. It's like the day of Pentecost. You want to celebrate the day of Pentecost, right? And I like to celebrate these things. We want to do here at our church, do it every Sunday or every time we gather. Let's celebrate the, the, the Christ coming, the King coming. Let's celebrate the resurrection. Let's celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? Because why? It's biblical, it's accurate to be that way, to be enthusiastic, to be, to be loud. Incidentally, heaven is a loud voice, a loud place. If, 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 if it rejoices, if the angels rejoice at one sinner repenting, now get this. So worldwide, think how many sinners are repenting every hour, every minute, who knows. It's just constantly, oh, 
They're constantly praising the Lamb. As people save, 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 You know, sometimes the crew says, they're saved. So it's a loud atmosphere in heaven. It's a loud atmosphere. So we cannot think of heaven like we think of traditional things. We have to embrace the fact, looking in the Word of God to see what it's, what it's like. Amen? The thing is about all this, Jesus loved the expressions of praise. Jesus wasn't riding the donkey, hold it down now. We don't want to offend anybody. Hold it down. Don't cut down that branch. That was a neighbor's tree. Don't do that. So, so, you know, this guy, he's coming in and he's relishing the praise because he's worthy of the praise. You know, I used to have sports, sadly, sports used to be my God. I worshipped it. I lived it. I, I dedicated my life to it. Paid for my college. But it's a poor God. It's a terrible God. Because it can do nothing for you in terms of your soul, your spirit man here. Still a sinner, still lost, still need love, all those things. Jesus, on the other hand, does everything for us. And loves us all. Oh, wow. Amazing how he loves us. Amen. It's just so beautiful. So Jesus stops. Donkey stops at the temple. Verse 12 and following. So Jesus goes into the temple. And he drove out those that bought and sold in the temple. Now, you know, people say, well, he made a whip. And so he wasn't whipping people. I can, I can picture him going, snap. Everybody's attention like tables out. The money mark, the money business out. Getting things out of the temple to bring the focus back to prayer and the focus back to relationship with God. So, so he, 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 he threw out those things. And then he said, my house should be called a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. I loved it. So now, now he hears, he brought, what did he bring to the temple? He brought excitement. He brought excitement. Let's look at the next verse. He brought the Holy Spirit. He brought healing. He brought miracles. And the chief priests and the scribes, the religious people, saw the wonderful things. Notice it says the wonderful things. Now, what were the wonderful things? People were praising People were healed. People were excited. You know, you can imagine the blind said, I can see, I can see. You know, these weren't like uh, testimony services like, uh, see, I, I'm believing for testimony services where people are just crying, I, me next, me next, I want to say something. You know? Because you're not going to keep these people quiet. Some, I can I was blind. They're, they're loud. Amen. They're excited. It wasn't like, yeah, well, I, I can see now. Isn't that neat? Isn't that wonderful? No, you're blind, you're blind. That's a huge deal, right? And, and people that have been crippled and people that sick with other things, now they're very excited. So now, so the children begin to cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. Now, this had been going on all the way down the street. And you can imagine some people, the religious people that do see him go by, hmm. And then he actually gets to the temple and goes into the temple. And now, hmm, now he's in the temple. And the religious people said, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, As a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, you've perfected praise. So Jesus now, he loves this extravagant worship. Religious people don't. But Jesus does. Amen. No inhibitions. Children 
crying out. Children dancing. It doesn't bother me to have kids run up and down here. It doesn't bother me at all. No inhibitions. And Jesus loved, loved the setting. And we have to shake ourselves. I think all the time we have old, old leaven come up in us. where we're kind of, We kind of become halfway religious. We've kind of become sophisticated. And he doesn't want us to be sophisticated. He, he still wants us to be like children. When we got saved, we went to a Pentecostal church. We had a service in Sioux Falls, went to a Pentecostal church. And an older guy said, yeah, well, just wait a few years. You'll, you'll, you'll cool down. You'll mature. And I'm thinking, that's a pretty sad statement isn't it? for an old guy. Because he sure cooled down. He was like ice. You know, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it's, that doesn't, doesn't cut it, does it? Jesus breaks the mold and he gets us to be free to express ourselves. Amen. And I, I, just, I, just, I just thought, if this is your idea of maturity, I don't want it. I'm not going to cool down. I, I don't want to. By God's grace, I want to keep going. And here we are now, later in life, a few years past, still wanting to do what Jesus likes. Jesus likes this, this uh, exuberant worship and praise that goes to his name. Incidentally, it's why <clears throat> the focus of our, of our singing here is not our worship service, because some people will, people, some people say, we have a contemporary service, isn't there any way a contemporary service? We've got great musicians and so forth. But a lot, most places actually sing about Jesus, but not to Jesus. Big difference. You can sing about God, you know, he's wonderful, this and this and this, or you can sing to God. Amen. Worship, listen now, worship is to him. They're singing to David. They're acknowledging who David is. They're, or David. They're acknowledging Jesus. They're exalting Jesus, which he wants to have happen. So religious, remember the time we were at a church at the end of Main Street, and they had the pastor said they're going to have worship service. He thought, this is wonderful. We'll go to the worship. Jeannie and I go to the worship service. And then I thought, Let's sit in the back, just because we were going to worship. So we sat in the back, the main sanctuary, big sanctuary. We sit in the back, and then there was like, I don't know, 30, 40 people that were there. And then they sang songs. Some of the songs, we, we knew all the songs, but some of them were worship songs. And so when they were singing worship songs, Jeannie and I were in the back. Nobody behind us. We're just in the back. We're just worshiping the Lord. Now, nobody in front of us was. They're just standing there, and they're singing the song. And when the meeting was over, we thought, okay, let's go. So her and I went out. We went out. We were going down the side. And the pastor sprinted to us. And he said, where are you from? I said, well, we're at Tabernacle. The other end of Maine. Oh, he said, I knew you weren't from here. I knew you weren't from here. Boy, he said, that's really great. He loved what we were doing. He had a heart to want to do the same thing. He had a heart to want to see that mold broken, and people would just begin to lift their hands. You know, as a religious kid, you know, I get saved, but you're still religious, right? So you get saved, and then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, at a Lutheran church, by the way. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then, and then we started worshiping the Lord. And I remember when I first started to worship, it was like, it was like my, and I wasn't weak, but my arms just felt heavy. Like, you know, people were worshiping the Lord, and I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know. And I just determined, so I just got my arms. It was like bowling balls. 
And I got my arms up and I put them down and I quick looked to see who was looking at me. I know he was looking at me. But that was the struggle, right? Because I'm breaking religion off of me. I'm breaking that denominational spirit. I'm breaking traditions. This is, none of this is natural. It's natural to shout at a game. It's unnatural to, to praise Jesus in church. It's unnatural. And I'm talking when I say praise Jesus. I'm talking about lib- freedom in the spirit to praise him. Freedom to lift your hands. Freedom to shout hallelujah. That's unnatural. So it goes against everything we are in the natural to get into the supernatural. But when you do, something happens on the inside. There's liberation. Woo! Hallelujah! So now, I mean, I mean, worshiping the Lord now is like breathing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we can be, we can be home in our living room. Hallelujah. Be going to bed. Hallelujah. Get up in the morning. Hallelujah. Becomes a part of your life. Bump your neighbor and say, he wants it to be part of your life. Amen. So we don't, we don't come here to worship. We worship all the time. Because, because why? Because it's biblical. So it's not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. It's not something you do to impress other people. No, it's something you do to bless God. Because he's the one who likes it. <laughs> Amen. It's a, so it's not a performance. You could take people, and Jeannie and I have been to conferences, you know, you got the, you got the slick band, everything's just beautiful. Smoke, smoke rolling in, which is, of course, artificial for the glory. But they got to have something like the glory of the blowing the smoke. The light show. And a lot of times, Minneapolis, a lot of these things, we're in the, we're in the front row. We're on leadership teams and so forth. And so we're on the front row. So I, I've intentionally, excuse me, I'm going to walk out and walk down the aisle. Then I stand at the back and I look who's worshiping. And you can take 90% of the people and they're like this. They're looking at the songs. They're in a concert. They're in a concert. People in the front row, a lot of people, they're worshiping the Lord. And the farther back you go, the more it's just a concert. That was good worship, yeah? That was really good. But it's not worship unless you worship. If you don't worship, you can hear songs, but that's not worship. It's not worship until you worship. Until you worship. He doesn't get praise from you until you praise him. So it's not listening to songs. I'm just listening to songs and so forth. I'm just in the spirit. That's great. But until it comes out of your mouth, hallelujah, until it comes out of your mouth, you just got something rattling in your head. Big difference. So it becomes so, the word of God becomes so applicable to our lives. Just, just, just uh, into our everyday lives. The things that we do. Let me just, uh, let me go to John 12 a second. John 12, verses 1 through 8. 1 through 8, that one there. So, so John 12, 1 through 8. Next, next one down there. So Jesus, you know, incidentally, so Jesus goes, this is before the Passover, the special Sabbath. Goes back to Bethany. Lazarus, hey, Lazarus was there, by the way. Incidentally, the, the Pharisees didn't like Lazarus. Why? Because he was living proof resurrection. So they, they thought, we got to kill this guy too, you know. 
So, so Mary comes, she, she takes this costly ointment, and she comes and anoints the feet of Jesus, and the whole house is filled with the fragrance. So just to say that. She comes, it's, it's again, it's extravagant worship. It's expensive worship. Why do I say that? Because it costs her something. Something that costs, doesn't cost you anything probably isn't worth anything. You've made an effort to be here today. People list, some listen online and so forth. But when something, when you pay a price for something, it means something. So again, Mary here is doing what? She's losing her pride. She's taking something very expensive. She's, she's uh, uh, anointing Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. And the fragrance of this worship, you know, what, what is it doing? She's giving her heart. She's giving her emotion. She's giving her money. She's giving her time. She's giving her talent. She's giving all these things to worship Jesus. All these things are important. Part of, part of even honoring God with tithes and offerings shows where your heart's at. Many people, half our church doesn't tithe. And so it just, just doesn't mean they don't have money. It just means they don't tithe. They don't want to honor God. But Jesus is worthy of honor. See, see, you have to always understand, giving isn't something like, oh, we're giving to that organization to do this. No, you're honoring God. That's why we always say that. You're honoring the Lord with your substance. First fruits of all your increase. So you're honoring him. It shows something in your heart. And when we do that, then something happens in our heart. Amen? Amen? Something, something happens when we do that. Something happens when we worship. When we worship, when we on purpose, we're planning, we worship, we do it. Matthew 8, let me get through a few things before we close here. Matthew chapter 8 just talks about the leper. And the leper came to, there's multitudes and so forth, the leper came. Notice the leper came and worshipped Jesus. Said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and said, I'm willing to be cleaned, cleansed immediately as leprosy was cleansed. When the leper worshipped, something happened. I believe something happens when we're in his presence. Amen. Amen. So when the leper worshipped, there was a manifestation of God's power and grace. Go to Matthew chapter 9 a second. Matthew chapter 9. This, this is when Jesus, the ruler of the synagogue, and the ruler came and worshipped Jesus. And this took a lot of courage for this guy. Because first of all, he's a, he's a, he's a Pharisee, a scribe. So he's part of that club. But he realizes his daughter is more important than religion. And so he makes, he goes to Jesus publicly and asks Jesus for help. And notice what he did. The Pharisee, the ruler came and worshiped Jesus. He says, my daughter has just died. Come by, lay your hand on her. She will live. He came and he worshiped. When you worship, something good will happen. Incidentally, what Jesus said next was, don't fear. In other words, he slammed the, slammed the door right away, said, I'm going to come. Should we well, don't fear. Slam the door in fear. Slam the door in doubt. And then they went to the Pharisees, the, the ruler's house. And his daughter was dead. And he said, no, she's not dead. And they all laughed. Remember, they mocked him and so forth. Okay, you folks, can you excuse us for a second? And he took James and John with him. Uh, Peter, James, and John. And goes in, lays his hands on her, and raises her up. The thing I want you to see is he came he lost his pride and he worshiped Jesus against what the good old boy club said. Incidentally, it was a good old boy club. The religion of the world was men. Can't you see how Jesus brought liberty to women in the New Testament? 
Oh, folks, man, I tell you what. So we have so many, we have so many denominations today. There's the men who do that, the men do this, the women. The women can be in the kitchen. They have no idea. They're clueless. I tell, I tell pastors in India, hey, you've got another half here that will multiply your ministry if you decide to treat her right and be, be a team together. And for a lot of these, as we've done this for years, but for a lot of these ministers, I know it's like stepping on their toes like, ouch. Well, let's, let's believe the white man. Maybe he has something good to say here. Let's listen to him. I say that in a funny way. Hello. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, loosen up. God is using people today. He's touching people's lives today. And this leader took a bold step coming to Jesus, worship Jesus, and what happened? Something good happened. His daughter was touched by the Lord. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. We have the Gadarene. The Gadarene comes, and, and uh, came out, when Jesus came out of the boat, immediately there met him a man out of the tombs. Now, I would guess, obviously, this guy was somewhere in the vicinity, and he starts running toward Jesus. The devil knows who Jesus is, right? Remember, remember the guy in the book of Acts? They, the, they said, well, we'll just, let's see, we'll just call these demons out like Jesus did. And the devil jumped on them. And they say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> you got to know who you are in Christ. The devil knows. The guy, though, listen now, he has a legion of demons. He's got all these demons. And he runs from afar and he worships Jesus. Now, what is this? This is an exercise of his will. Sometimes people say, no, they can't do anything. There's no hope. No, there's, you always have a will. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a will. <laughs> you still have choices. You still have choices. I mean, the alcoholic still is making a choice. I'm going to go to the liquor store and get a bottle. The other, the other guy, the meth or the cocaine, I'm still going to put that, that line of coke and snort it. Still have choices. Turn to your neighbor again and say, you have choices. <laughs> He made a choice. He ran to Jesus. In fact, ah, he probably came snarling, but ah, he still came to Jesus and worshiped Jesus. All right. This is the guy that cut himself with stones, which people do today, you know, cut themselves. All these things strapped him up with with things and put him in the cemetery, lived in the cemetery because he can't live in town anymore. They can't control him. All these things. He still had a choice. What I like about this, he recognized that there was hope here. <laughs> Now, if, to be honest, folks, there isn't any hope in the world. If your hope is in the things of the world, you're going to be hopeless because that will fail you. But if your hope is in Jesus Christ, there's, there's good things that can happen. <laughs> so you have to have the right perspective. He ran to the right place. Jesus services. And you've got to do this. And then people say, you can't pray at church for these people. Oh, this is a disease or this is something else. No, you, you need to pray. You need to believe for miracles. You need to believe for people to be set free. Doesn't matter what person has, God's got an answer. And he's the one we want to turn to. So he runs to Jesus and he worships Jesus. I like that. He ran and worshiped Jesus. Of course, he's delivered. So we got a leper cleansed. We got a little girl healed. We got the demoniac delivered. Our daughter was sick for 12 years, for 12 years into, of course, to this day. But prior to that, too, what kept us going was a garment of praise. Because sickness is oppressive. 
It's, it's oppressive. It's, no one says, oh, thank God I got the flu. I just, I just feel good. Ooh, I'm puking a little bit. It's not bad. It's just a stomach. I love it. No one feels that way. Everybody knows it's your body's natural instinct to resist sickness. Why? Because it's not from God. Right? It's not from God. It's not like someone said, oh, no, I don't want an aspirin for that headache. I just, it's from God. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> someone, someone say, well, it's, it's from the Lord. And I say, I told, I've literally told people, if it's from God, do not go to the doctor. By no means go to the doctor. Do not go to the doctor. And they look at me like, why? Well, you'd be going against God's will then. If he wants you sick, don't go to the doctor. Go and suffer. I've said that to more than a few people. They kind of look at you crosswise and I said, just how it is. You're saying it's of God. You just, just, you should enjoy it then. I'm not going to enjoy it because I don't think it's from God. So I resist those things. Incidentally, how do you resist the devil? Well, the Bible says, you know, we have people it's like, in the name of Jesus, I stand against it, in the name of Jesus. So the context of the verse is, you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you, resist the devil who flee from you. So the context in James, how are we draw nigh to God? Hallelujah. The devil hates worship and praise. So the best way to resist the devil is start praising God. Because the heaviness will lift. He hates it. Oh, they're going to sing it about Jesus. Ah! You don't have to have a song and a verse or, or a hymn book. You just start saying, thank you, Jesus. More than a few times we've cleared the heaviness from our home. Or being by a bedside with medical issues and so forth. Just saying thank you. Just praising God. Because it will put the devil to flight. That's the best way to resist the devil. That's the scriptural context of resisting the devil. Amen? Uh, another one. Let's go to Acts chapter 3 a second. Acts chapter 3. So the lame man is healed. Now this guy had been lame since birth. So he'd never walked. Think about this. This guy had never walked. He's at the gate called Beautiful. He's begging alms. Everybody knew him. Thousands of people would go by him every day. Undoubtedly, Jesus had gone by him before also. And the disciples. And this particular day, as Peter and John go into the temple, they said, we don't have any money, but what we're going to give you in the name of Jesus. So now they're released in the Holy Ghost. And so, keep in mind, Jesus couldn't heal everybody. Amen. Even today, God needs all of us. Turn to your neighbor and say, he needs you. He needs you online. He needs all of us to be in his ministry. He needs all of us to be doing the works of the gospel. This isn't a thing like, the pastor does all this praying. No, he doesn't. That's not New Testament. So now Peter and John are released. And now here's the guy who said, hey, look on us. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Now, notice that immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Oh, boy, this is pretty neat. Amen. I don't know what it sounded like, but I would guess there was a little clanking in his, in his bones, right? And he leaped up, stood, walked, entered the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. Now, that's a pretty good effort, too, because he never walked before. You know, most babies, when they start walking, they are wobbly. This guy, this guy is doing the whole thing, right? He's, he's walking, he's leaping, he's praising God, he's shouting. And, of course, the people see him, they hear him <laughs> praising God. It's extravagant worship. Actually, you can write the reference here, but this just, you go down a little ways, and Peter and John are going, 
oh boy, we got a commotion here. They're, Peter and John are ready to leave out the side door, and the guy grabs them. So, oh no, no, you gotta stay here. And so he held them, and that's the context in Acts chapter 3 then, when they begin to preach, and thousands get saved. Wow. Their inclination, let's, let's get out of the joint here, you know. And he held them so they couldn't, couldn't go any farther. Psalm 50, Psalm 50, verse 14 and 15 says, says, offer to God thanksgiving, pay your vows the most high. Now, your vows, pay, we committed our life to Christ. We owe our life to Jesus Christ. The New Testament says you've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So now, when I surrender to Christ, I'm purchased. I am indebted to him, like we say in Romans, we read the scripture, owe no man anything but to love one another. So, so now we have to pay our vows. And then he says, call upon me in the day of trouble. <clears throat> I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. So we have this relationship. We call in the day of trouble. What happens? Something happens when you worship. You're, you're offering God thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Call on Jesus. New Testament. I'll deliver you. You'll glorify me by what you're doing. Verse 23 of that same psalm says, said, whoever offers praise glorifies me. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth this conduct right, I will show the salvation of God. In other words, conversation right. You know, we got... I got all these things in the Bible. I can go to the Psalms, different things, and I just put song, song. We had services years ago. We didn't have, we didn't have, we didn't have an overhead. So, okay, so now we're going to go to Psalm 50, and we'd sing that song. We just sang Scripture. It's all we sang was Scripture. We wanted to worship the Lord. So we offer our thanksgiving and praise unto Him. He'll demonstrate, I will show the salvation of God. God's going to demonstrate his salvation, healing, forgiveness, prosperity, all his grace. He'll show, demonstrate his salvation to us. So 1 Peter 2.9, let's close there. 1 Peter 2.9 and 10 says that we're chosen. So we're a chosen generation, we're a royal priesthood, special people, it says. King James says peculiar. I think I like special better. Another word in here is a holy nation. We, the nation, my first citizenship is in heaven. I belong to the nation of God's people, which is the body of Christ. I belong to his church. I am a citizen then with people all over the world that I meet and that we are brothers and sisters together. We recognize that. Amen. When we say church, we are the church. This is a building. Or this is a facility, right? Just a facility. Sometimes, again, again, denominationalism, a lot of times you've got to come up to the altar. The altar's, the altar's holy here. And people might bow or genuflect or do all kinds of things. But this is just glass and carpet and natural things. The true altar is in your heart. How you act who you revere is in your heart. So we're, we're, we're royal, we're special, we're a holy nation. 
And we show forth the praises of Jesus Christ, who's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We proclaim it. We're people of praise. This is a demonstration, like Palm Sunday. It's like a demonstration of our praise and our love for Jesus Christ. This should happen here. It should happen in your car. It should happen in your house. Uh, if you're working, I understand you're around people, but it could happen in a break room. It could, you know, you know what I mean? In other words, it's just a part of our life because that's who we are. We are this. So I'm not trying to be uh, chosen or royal or any of that. I am. Say, you are. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you are. <laughs> now say, because that, I am. All right? So I am these things, and I'm just acting out who I am. And verse 10, we'll close there. Verse 10, this says, you were once not a people. Now, say now. Now, now we're the people of God. Amen. So now we are created, as Romans says, to be conformed in his image, renewed in our minds. See, so constantly as we look at the word and so forth, and the word is snip, snip, snipping, trimming us and so forth like that, shaping us to be like our Savior, Jesus Christ. And to him we give honor and glory and praise. And to him we are not ashamed not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed to act like a child. Isn't that right? Not ashamed to be excited for the king. Folks, this takes effort. It doesn't happen in the natural. It only happens in the supernatural. So when you read the word of God and you see these things and you just say, you have to embrace it and say, I'm, I'm going to do that. And so, so when do you start praying out loud? Well, you start, you can start here or you're in your house. And a lot of us like to start like church mouse, church mouse, hallelujah, 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 you know. But we can get louder knowing how the world is loud, right? People are shouting with all their might, you know, right? And, and for something in the natural, how about the supernatural? Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. It is an expression of your will. You will it. You will it. It's not like, well, I'm just going to wait for the Spirit to move. Oh, forget that. Spirit's always moving. <laughs> the Spirit of God is always moving. It's not like, I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit. That is a corny statement, actually. It's an unbiblical statement. Yeah, He's with us all the time. So if you know God, you know He's like a river. The Holy Spirit's like a river. The river doesn't start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. Oh, it's moving today. You know, no, it's always moving. It's always moving. And where the Spirit moves, there's life. I think we're in the right church, aren't we? You know, I think, I think we're in the right. Here we got this handheld mic here. Got the handheld mic. Yeah, we've got to wake them up. Come on, handheld mic, you got it? All right. All right. So. You know so, what, though? Just a second. What I always like. Yeah. I like when you give us a lab. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Right. It helps us all. Set down your Bible, your purse, your notes, or whatever. Set it aside. And, and uh, labs are good. Yeah. You know, uh, we've had so many in the church that have labs on campus, which is, lab. which is what, you, what do you do in a lab? You experiment. Yes. You, you try something to see if it works. Yes. Right? And so that's what you want to do in the spiritual realm, too. So close your eyes a second. And I want you to just lift, lift your hands. So I'll stand up together. Just lift your hands up a second, all right? 
Now, now, how far do you have them up? Think about it. how far do you have them up? Let's put them up a little higher. Okay. Thank God your shoulders work. Hallelujah. Let's put them up as high as you can go. Your hands are high and you just palms open. Amen. Put them up there. Yeah. Actually, doesn't that feel good in your muscles? Feels good. Muscles are saying, well, you should do this more often. <laughs> you know, it's just good. So we're just saying, Lord, I surrender to you. Surrender and that's, you. that's why we're lifting our hands. We're surrendering to Jesus and saying, Lord, thank you for being my Savior. Being my Lord. Thank being my, my King. Lord. And Lord, I'm so glad to be in your nation, to be serving you, to be honoring you. Hallelujah. Now, keep up there for a minute. Don't let them get tired. They can't be that tired yet. (laughs) Just let them go. Let's let them be your strengthening muscles. Hallelujah. Now, let's just start with a little word called hallelujah. They said Hosanna. And let's just let's just put a tune to it. I just want you to put. uh, Oh, we okay. Just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again. Hallelujah. Let's just go up. Hallelujah. 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 Now say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Say it again. You are worthy, Lord. Now say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I bless your name. You are worthy, Lord. We sing your praises, Lord. We sing your praises, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. We say hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, we bless your name, Lord God, just pray in the spirit for a minute, just sing as you do it, you're singing in the spirit. We love to give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. We say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy. Only you are worthy. Just think about that. Only he is worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. Nothing else is worthy. You're Only worthy, Jesus, Jesus Christ is worthy. You're worthy, The spotless Lord. lamb of God who gave his life for us. Only he is worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. The, the Bible worthy, says, Lord. Uh, shout, to clap your hands. Let's go ahead. This is another lab. Clap your hands. Yes. All ye people. Go ahead, clap. Yes, Lord. The Bible says, shout unto God. Hallelujah. The voice of triumph. Hallelujah. There's power in the Hallelujah. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. We will praise you. Your uh, praise yes, will continually yes, yes, be in our mouths. Yes. Our Thank souls you, shall Jesus. make our boast in thee, Lord. The humble, humble shall hear thereof. 
and, and be, be glad. glad. Yes. Bless you, Lord. Oh, Bless we exalt you, Lord. you, Lord. We exalt you. Exalt oh, you, Lord. Let's see. There's a. What are you hearing, uh, honey? Oh, there's an old song. I think I mean, we're going to have to Just go a little more. Just keep praying in tongues I, while I will he's bless doing the Lord this. at all times. His praise shall continually be blessed. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we can sing this. I we will bless, bless the Lord at all his times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And he delivered me. And delivered me from all my fears. Let's sing that again. Yes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in thee. The humble will hear. The humble shall hear. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now let's give him a clap, praise offering. Amen. He delivered us. That's from all of our fears. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, we Lord. love you, Thank Jesus. You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Power in the shout. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. Praise uh, you, Lord. Yes, Lord God. Lord, thank Let's, you, Lord. You, know, you can, Whatever you can else share you want, this. Lord. You thank can you, share Lord. this within. Just hit the share button. All right, and, and share with somebody else. Let someone else hear it. You know, sometimes at the pastors' conference, we're encouraging them to worship. You know, because some of them come from places that's pretty dry. Mm. Some. Said one time, well, we don't do that in our church. And I said, but we're not in your church now, so you can do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people will be as free, if you're a leader, people will be as free as you are. Yes. So if they're pastoring, then they have to be free so that other people can get free. Amen. So, so your freedom helps other people to be free. Amen. Amen. Really good that way. Can we thank God? Amen. For all this. Amen. 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 Well, reach out. Bless your neighbor. If you need prayer, come on down front. Uh, and Fresh Fire is going to practice here, I think, for Wednesday night. Hallelujah. But otherwise, we just bless you in Jesus' name. Come on out tonight. Levi Rama is going to be sharing. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.